tune in to Steelers Saturday on your 24-7 home for the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Now here's Tom Offerman, Jacob Recht, and Kellen Gursky. On this episode of Steelers Standard, we're going to talk about how we think Big Ben will look in the 2021 season, how his play will be, and if he can lead the Steelers on a playoff run at the age of 39. We'll also take a look at the upcoming draft and free agents that might be out there that could be intriguing to the Steelers. But before we can get to Big Ben's play, before we can get to the draft class and the free agents, we got to figure out the cap situation, boys, and that starts with Ben Roethlisberger. And we know at some point this week, it has not happened yet, but we will hear from a meeting between Ben Roethlisberger and Art Rooney, uh, Coach Tomlin, and Kevin Colbert about his cap hit of $41 million, trying to bring that down, whether that be by signing him to an extension that we all know he's probably not going to fulfill, but that'll at least spread things out a little bit and you can kind of kick the dead cap hit down the road a little bit if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think right now sitting here, I'd be comfortable saying that cap hit could probably be reached to maybe 21 million instead of the 41 million that's out right now. If you can cut it about in half, if you can cut 20 million off of that cap hit, that's just going to help the Steelers out tremendously for the 2021 season. Right. And I think that's what they're, I think that's what the plan is, right? I think at that's least on the Steelers side. Right. Things. Right. Obviously that it's up to big Ben, um, you know, what he wants to do. And he's said, you know, that he wants to, um, you work with it and, and help in any way that he can. Um, but you know, like we talked about on our show last week that, you know, there's a possibility that this thing might not be said and done, that it, it really might not be um, all sunshine and rainbows. And I think that's something that um, you got to think about a little bit. And, um, you know, like you said, though, if, if you can knock, you know, around half of it off, it would put you in a, a much better spot to, you know, bring some guys back. You have a little bit more cap room. Um, you can, you know, try to run 2020 back. And that's kind of what we think is going to happen. That's, and that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan that the Steelers are going to go into um, 2021 with Wh- whether you think that's the right plan or not. That's what they're going to do. Um, it seems like they're just going to say, hey, we're, we're going to run 2020 back. You know, at one point we were 11 and 0. Um, I know we finished 12 and four, but that's got to be their thinking, right? Is we're just going to run it back and we're going to see what happens. And if this is the last year of Big Ben, it's the last year of Big Ben and, and we'll see what happens. But again, like you said, I think the goal on the Steelers end for sure is to cut that cap hit at least in half or, or close to half. And, and, you know, then you can say, all right, well, who do we want to bring back? Who's who, who is key um, to bringing back to this this team so we can make a deep playoff run? I, I don't know about you guys, but I am just amazed that this meeting is happening. I mean, really? I, well, hear me out. I'll tell you why. So Ben in his career has kind of given off a – he knows his importance to this team, right? He, he kind of has that ego going about him that I am priority number one, always have been, always will be. And so it's shocking to me that we're having this meeting with Ben, a contract negotiating meeting. I mean, never in my life would I think that Ben would be the guy to say, okay, let me actually reevaluate. Let me actually see if I can help the team rather than focus on priority number one, which is me, which is Ben, putting the most amount of money in my pocket as possible. If Ben walks away from this meeting helping the Steelers, trying to retain a couple of guys that they may not have been able to keep as, as they would have 
had Ben just accepted his full contract and then said, I'm not taking any less than you guys already promised me. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but it would really shock me if Ben said, let me be really mature about this. I mean, the guy has always kind of just been about him when it comes to when it comes to making sure he gets paid. So you think there's still some question that this cap hit comes down a little bit maybe? Because Bouchette has reported, Ed Bouchette has reported that it's like 50-50 in his eyes that Ben even does come back and that these two sides can reach an agreement. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I, I just really never thought I would see the day where Ben said, let me try to help the team. Let me try to help other guys get paid here. Right? I mean, I, I never thought that Ben would be the guy to be the selfless player and say, it's not just about me. It's about keeping guys like Cam Sutton or it's about keeping guys like Mike Hiller. Or, or maybe Alu even Alu. Or Alu Alu. Or maybe even Joe Hayden, unless Joe Hayden uh, gets cut, possibly. But, but maybe you don't have to cut Joe Hayden right. if Roethlisberger takes this pay cut. So it's it's a dangerous tightrope that the Steelers are walking. But at le- I'm just happy to know that this meeting is happening because, really, I've never I never thought this day would come where Ben would be mature enough to say, I will allow some type of meeting to, ha- to happen to maybe I can be convinced to take a cut. Well, again, I think it else should also be clear that it wouldn't be like Ben would be leaving money on the table permanently. It would no, just kind of no, be no, pushing no. it down the road. So it's right. not necessarily, will Ben be willing to take a cut? It's, would Ben be willing to take a little delay in getting paid? And, oh, by taking that delay, you might get an extra couple million on top of it than you would have originally when you sign an extension, maybe add some bonuses into there. So... I think that, yes, it would be a really great sign of team first if he takes this meeting and does bring this cap down, but it wouldn't be, like, the biggest, like, oh, what an amazing moment for him to do that. No, it's not a career-redeeming Exactly, exactly. But it's just something very uncharacteristic of Ben that I would would see that I would not have predicted that I would ever see. And I do kind of think as we are in the week where the meeting is going to happen any day now— I'm actually growing more and more confident that their two sides will be able to reach an agreement with this. And maybe me thinking that his cap hit will go all the way down to like 21 or 20 million next year is a little pie in the sky. But I still kind of think that they're going to bring it down to the low 30 millions, high 20 millions at the very least. And even that is freeing up 10 million more in the cap. That's going to help at least somewhat bringing back these guys to, to compete. And, Look, Jacob, to your point, maybe this is a different Ben, but if he's honest about what he says about how this is his last chance to win and he's coming back to win, he he has to take a pay cut because the team that he supposedly says he likes and thinks he can win with, that can't be the team if you are making the money that constitutes a $41 million right. cap hit. Like Kellen mentioned, you know, if you if the goal is to run it back, maybe not in the 11-0 and then 1-4 and and then a playoff loss fashion that you did last year, but at least get that playoff run that you expected. I mean, that should be the goal. And I think Ben is able to see that this may not be as easy as you think it is unless you just delay that process of putting money in your own pocket. That's what I hope. You know, that's that's best-case scenario is that Ben walks away and saying, sure, I'll help you guys out this year because this is probably it for me, and this is my last – this is it. I mean, this isn't just a good window, how we talked about with TJ and Defensive Player of the Year, saying we know our chances with Ben, we know our chances with other guys, and we like our chances with Ben. This is Ben's last chance. I mean, this is it for him, right? There is no there is no season, uh, season at the age of 40, 41, 42, all the way up to 47 like Tom Brady, right? right? These, these are not the same guys – 
we know what Ben did early in his career, and we loved it. But this is his last shot, and I think he knows his best shot at winning a title is helping the team out as much as he can this year so to have the best pieces around him possible to create a team effort to get to the Super Bowl. And, and I think he knows deep down, too, that, look, I, I – like to your point, like I didn't play up to making $41 million, whether he did this year or not. I don't think that matters. Like he, he couldn't come back this year and, and play for 41 mil. It's just impossible. If you want to have a chance, um, you know, to even make the playoffs this year, because you know, if he was like, you alluded to it a little bit, Tom, if, if he did make 41 mil, Goodness, this team! I don't know what it would look like if 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 he was paid a lot in of key full. People would be out, and then the Watt contract extension would still be up in the air. Right? So. Yeah. I mean, so again, you know, he he knows deep down that hey, I didn't play up to it. One and two, if if I really want to make my last year, if this is his last year, which I believe that it is, um, if I want to make it, you know, special, and I want to go deep in the playoffs, this is the only way that we can achieve that. And you know, again, I do think that. You know Ben still has it in him, and and I think he showed he showed spurts of that. But um, you know I think he knows too that his play has to be way way better in order to get them to that point. And, and you know hopefully he's got one more year of doing that left in him. And one thing I'd like to mention too um, earlier uh, after the Super Bowl, Mark Caboli was asked if it's a possibility for the Steelers bringing a guy like Leonard Fournette to help out the running game. And he said he definitely sees it as a possibility. But that's really only a possibility. Got to make the cap work. Yeah. If, if you have the cap space to do it. Plus, a guy like Fournette takes a pay cut to come back to Tampa Bay, not going to take a pay cut to come to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're talking about keeping guys who can help you on this team already on the team. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going out and getting help from elsewhere. But you're not going to be able to do that, like you said, Tom, from, a, from any guy from a championship team who just won the Super Bowl and ask him to be paid less than he already To come was. to a lesser team because right. all 31 teams are lesser teams right. because you just won the Super Bowl. But in terms of Big Ben, let's say the contract gets figured out. Yay, we have some more cap space to work with, and he's our starter in 2021. Is there a chance that he can lead the Steelers into a playoff run? I think there is, but it can't be because of Ben Roethlisberger. Don't get me wrong. His presence will definitely be a big factor in them making the run, but – it's got to be defense and running the ball first. And look, Tom Brady, what did we say about the Super Bowl? He played really good in that Super Bowl, three touchdowns, but he wasn't like out of this world throwing for 450 yards, maybe throwing the, the ball 50 times. Maybe the quietest like three touchdown performance of any quarterback in a Super Bowl winning effort. But he only threw the ball like 28 times. Right. There was so much balance with that offense. Uh, everybody was getting involved. Uh, as far Evans had a big catch. A.B. had the touchdown. Gronk was a heavy contributor for net in the passing and the rushing game. There was just a well-balanced attack. And then we didn't even talk about the defense, which was the best part of that Tampa Bay team all year and the best part of that team in the Super Bowl. Sound familiar? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers' best part of their team is that defense. And if they're going to make a deep playoff run, it's going to have to be the defense that carries the day. Ben just has to be the guy that's not going to make too many mistakes, but... The problem this year was he didn't push the envelope enough. 
Whereas Tom Brady knows I'm not going to make the mistakes, but I still need to drive this ball down the field every once in a while to get this offense moving. Right. But I also think that helps when Brady has a good running game because then it, it gives him more time in that pocket. And there's no question he had a better running game. Without, than the without a doubt, all year long, whether it be Ronald Jones being the guy or Fournette, you know, it was kind of mix and match all year long, but they at least had someone. The, right. All the running backs someone in the capable. Buccaneers' room was capable. None of them in the Steelers' room were. Right. I, mm-hmm. I take any of those Tampa Bay running backs over the guys that the Steelers had this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think you're crazy if you think otherwise. Um, might be a little bit of a homer if you think otherwise too. But uh, but yeah, I mean that has to can't I guess to answer your question, Tom can can Ben do it? I think that he can. I, I think that they proved that um, you know they can get back to the to the playoffs. Obviously, it didn't end the way they wanted it to, but they proved and he proved that he can get back there. Um, but like you said, it can't be all on Ben's shoulders. It can't be a situation. I mean, goodness, I'm looking back here at some of the games that uh, the Steelers played this year. I, I see in, it passes in the 40s, 49, 46, 46, 51, 53. You can't win with, with an aging quarterback like that. And, and especially, you know, it's kind of shocking that the Steelers made it as far as they did and Ben stayed as healthy as he did, throwing the ball that many times on a surgically repaired elbow. Um, you would think that the mindset would be, hey, this guy's getting older. Uh, he's coming off of a surgically repaired elbow. Let's make his load easier. Let, let's not have to put as much on his shoulders, right? That would be the thinking. Um, but yet the Steelers threw the ball a, a ton, a, a lot down the stretch. And really in games, they didn't need to throw the ball a lot. They just continued to throw. Um, but this upcoming year in 2021, it, it can't be like that. It has to be more balanced. It has to be run focused. And I made this point um, before but I think you kind of have to, if you're the Steelers, uh, and I know this, wor- this word is going to kind of trigger some people, but y- you kind of have to have the idea of a rebuild. And again, air quotes on rebuild. I know no one likes that word, but you have to start thinking about the future beyond Ben because at the end of the day, he's got one left, maybe two, but everybody seems I'd be to sh- think. I'd be shocked oh, I would if be it's two. more than one. But he's got one left. You got to start thinking about stacking the chips in other ways. You got to think about making the team better in other ways down the road. Um, and that's something they're going to have to go into this year. Um, you know, you, you could have, you have Ben coming back. That's great. Um, but if you, your offense is predicated all through him, what happens when he's gone in two years? How, how you know what I mean? Are you going to make Mason Rudolph throw the ball 50 times? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. Or you, any I other. Mean, you didn't do it when he was your quarterback right. two years ago. So you can't do it now. And that's kind of the point that I'm making or any quarterback that, that would come in. You can't expect him to throw the ball 50 times. It's just, it's not how it's going to work. You have to be balanced. And again, that's what I'm saying. This year is really going to be important for the Steelers of the future too. Like, you know, this is important. I think they can make a playoff run, but it's got to be a different look than what they did in 2020, which is funny because they're trying to run 2020 back. That's exactly what they're trying to do, and they're definitely going to be without a key member of the receiving core in 2021 because I think even with Ben reaching an agreement to reduce his cap hit, there's probably no chance that the Steelers will bring back Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't even know if there's interest in the Steelers to bring back Juju at the market value that he seems to be getting. I mean, maybe if he wasn't so overinflated in the market for whatever reason, but, I mean, the guys that he, for whatever reason, is getting compared to are like Odell Beckham Jr.'s and legitimate number one receivers – 
And that's going to cost about $16, $17 million in the market. I, I right think now. it's 16 and a half is his projected value. And, you know, that's just way, way Oof. too much. If right around there, if not a little bit more, is too much for Bud Dupree for the Steelers, then it's right, certainly right. going to be too much for a player who brings less to the table in Juju Smith Schuster. And, oh, by the way, the receiving room for Pittsburgh is a lot deeper than that outside linebacker room. And, for oh, the by the way, Juju didn't necessarily make a lot of friends with the Steelers fans or the Steelers organization. Well, he made friends with the fans. Sure. There's the Juju Bees out there for sure. Certain fans, I would say, but didn't leave a great lasting impression. He made the impression with the Juju fans, not the real hardcore Steelers fans. The brand fans. Yes, exactly. But that is still a factor when talking about Ben and his performance next season is he's going to be missing a guy that he has said that he likes. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. no secret that Ben shared his positive thoughts for Juju Smith-Schuster as a wide receiver Uh, at the end of even this season. So he's going to have to find somebody to replace him. And what Juju did bring to the table was he was able to get those really crucial third and shorts. Uh, He was able to put his head down and get an extra five or 10 yards after contact. And and around the goal line, he was able to get that extra couple yards to, to make maybe being down at the three a touchdown. And that's big for the Steelers because we all know they had trouble scoring when they were stuck at the three or or at the two. So there was a lot of tangible stuff that Juju brought onto the field. I just think he got a little overinflated by AB uh, being here early in his career where there wasn't a lot of attention given to him and he was able to make himself look like a number one receiver when in actuality, he's more of just that number two slot guy that's going to get you a lot of dirty yards and is really good at the role that he's designed to be. That role is not worth $16.5 million. <clears throat> Who replaces that role for Ben Roethlisberger is the big question the Steelers need to answer. And the obvious might be Deontay Johnson for that specific role, but Deontay Johnson might be the number one receiver regardless. So we might just be stuck in that same loop again where we're trying to make a guy whose skills are more suited to be a slot guy as the number one receiver. Maybe Claypool steps up and he becomes the number one receiver. But it's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process for Ben this year. And I don't know if you want that for your 39-year-old quarterback. Right. And I think Juju was kind of a security blanket. That was the carryover, right? Yeah. Right, that was like, the only guy. Everything was kind of new to him this mm-hmm. year, except for Juju. Right, and that was kind of the only guy that carried over from, you know, obviously in 2019, he only played two games, so really you can't judge that much off yeah, of he it. He didn't have a chance with Deontay. Right, yeah. uh, you know, and, and from 2018, like you said, that was the only carryover was Juju, so it was kind of a security blanket for Ben, and, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's really going to matter that much when it's all said and done. Obviously, uh, Ben's a Hall of Famer. I'm sure he's going to figure it out, um, but, you know, you make a good point that, yeah, you do have to find a, a guy to fill that role, to kind of um, fill that production, regardless of what you think of Juju as a player. And I agree with you, Tom, that you know he might not be a number one, but when he leaves, you have to figure out who's going to replace that. You have to figure out who's going to step in that shoe. And um, you know, we made the point a lot in the beginning of the year that hey, you know, you, you might not need to have a number one wide receiver because it's a collaborative effort. It's a group effort, um, and I think that could be something that you're looking at next year. Is that Look, you don't have to have a number one. You just have to have a good group of guys. And I do think that the Steelers' uh, wide receiver core, like you mentioned, is deep. So you can afford, you know, losing Juju. You still have a guy like James Washington, who I thought had a a really underrated year. He didn't play a ton, but when he played— Underrated because he had so little playing Right. When he played, he stepped up and made plays. So if that's the guy that comes in and is your number three, I think you'll live with that. I mean, I think that's pretty good and— you know, uh, who knows what happens in the draft. If maybe they get a guy late, the Steelers are good at doing that. Really good at doing that. So, you know, again, 
is it a is it a, a concern that you need to replace Juju or you know you need to think about replacing him if he if he does leave in free agency, which all three of us seem to think that he will. It's a lock, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, I think that is what's going to happen. But again, you got to start thinking about that too. Is you know, is there is there is that guy on the team? And I think he is. This is the point I'm trying to get to. Is that James Washington? I think can be that guy that kind of kind of steps in as the number three. And you don't really lose that much production from uh, Deontay or Claypool because you have Washington, who's a number three, who you got to pay attention to. I think it's very telling about this team that typically any NFL team runs five wide receivers deep, right? Somewhere around that number, at least four. And the Steelers only have three under contract for this season moving forward. And we're not here talking about the lack of the lack of confidence we have in those three guys remaining. We're talking about the lack of confidence we have in the four running backs that the Steelers have currently on the roster for the next year. You know, you don't need four running backs, but right now none of those guys for the Steelers are making any heads turn, are causing any defenses to prepare over the top than in, in special schemes when they fit, when they face the Steelers on any given Sunday. It's it I I think Juju walking or Juju not being there for sixteen million dollars will be kind of a relief for the Steelers if they don't have to worry about paying this one guy 16 mil when they have three guys who you said, Kellen, are very capable. I mean, we talked all season long about not knowing who that number one receiver is. And, Kellen, like you said, it's really no big problem to be dealing with for the Steelers right now. The bigger concern by far and away is getting a running back who can really step up and actually be capable of leading a, a ground offense and you can make the argument that that starts with a, a formidable offensive line. And, and we've talked about that in the past saying the Steelers have to go offensive line in the first round with certain guys there. You know, we, we talked about this on Steelers Saturday last week about if, if the running backs, um, the enemy and the enemy, sorry, Etienne not, not and Najee Harris. Not, I'm, I'm glad B-Enemy. you're going here. Cause it's exactly where I was going to wrap up this episode and Najee Harris, the draft it, with right. wide receivers. Yeah. It's a concern, but a hundred percent you're spot on more importantly, even to Ben for the first time really in his career, more importantly than his receivers, it's that running game and having a really strong running game. And that falls on the offensive line mm-hmm. and the guy in the backfield. And right now the Steelers are hurting in both of those categories. And you got to help Ben out. Right, as much yeah. as you can. and That's what this draft should be about, and helping only, Ben. And I think as much as we talked about liking the prospect of ATN or Najee Harris in the black and gold next year, what's going to keep Ben healthier and safer is a guy, is a good offensive lineman. And unless either of those guys aren't there, the Steelers will have to go O-lineman in that first round, keeping him as safe as you possibly can with the remaining pieces that you have available from the offensive line moving forward. I think, though, and just spending the couple days since we did our Steelers Saturday show and talked about the the draft, I'm growing more and more fond of Etienne or Harris are going to be there, one of them, when you pick a 24, and I'm picking whichever one's there. Because I I just – I think the draft class is deep enough where you can get linemen Mm -hmm. that might not be ready to start right away this year, but at least in 2021, 2022 – 
like late in 2021 and then in 2022, 22, they can yeah. definitely become contributors on that line. But and that kind of goes against what you were just saying about early, helping Ben now. I know, right. but I think that you're going to definitely need a playmaker on that offense to help Ben more so than that offensive line, because the offensive line did fine at pass blocking this year. So if you run it back, I think they're going to be okay with pass blocking, which is going to keep him as healthy as possible. It's the run blocking. That's a little bit of a problem. So maybe you bring in a little bit of a, a playmaker in that backfield. He can turn some negative plays into positives in the running game but more importantly he's a big time weapon for ben who doesn't have the arm strength like he used to have to just give a little five or ten yard dump off passes to that can turn him into big plays so i agree that yes it does kind of sound contradictory to go lineman late and develop them but i just think you need that big time playmaker more than anything else because when ab and bell left that is the one thing that has seriously been missing from this offense. They've had good production from no, their receivers. I, I don't think you need to even include AB in that conversation because of the ability of the Steelers to draft and produce capable wide receivers. But they in, haven't had that even, playmaker even before yet. AB. I, I think it's Le'Veon who was the bigger hole, who left the bigger hole because. But on so both sides, there offense, hasn't been a playmaker yet. Like there hasn't been a sure. game breaker that's been like, oh, he's top five Dominant, at the position right. in the NFL. Top one, top two. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I think you get with an Etienne or Harris. And I think I'm kind of leaning that way too. Like if either one of those guys are there, I think you take it because um, let's be honest here, Ben's not going to be around long. So you got to think about the future. You got to think about, okay, um, let's get a young running back an explosive running back that we can control for four years. And we've talked about it. That's so important to have guys on rookie deals and to have guys that um, can help you now. And, and uh, you know, you said that you might have to draft a lineman late um, and they might not be ready to start. The second round pick, if you do go uh, running back, is going to be an offensive lineman, and you hope that your second round pick is ready to play right now. Um, there's still, you yeah. know, very there's it's a very deep offensive line class. Uh, we did a draft simulator last week, and there are a lot of guys sitting there. I know the, that that might not be the way that it shakes out, and that's just a simulator, but. I do think that that you have to take that guy if uh, if he is there, the ETN or or um, or Najee Harris. I think you have to take either guy if they're there because, like I said earlier, yes, you do have Ben coming back, and it's important that you keep him healthy. But you're only going to have him for one more year. You got to think about the future. You kind of have to rebuild with the mindset too of helping Ben. And I know that's kind of contradictory, but that's what you're going to have to do. That's kind of the situation that you've put yourself in. Um, you know, with having Ben come back for one more season is that, yeah, we, we, we want to help Ben and we want to win now and we're going to try to do that. But we also got to think about the future, too. My one concern about the Steelers possibly passing on Harris or ATN is you have to look no further than the 2020 NFL draft and the second round when J.K. Dobbins was sitting right there and there were. Obviously, with an extra year with the lack of running game, that added more concern for getting a guy. But there was just as much of a concern at the start of last year or in the offseason of last year with the lack of running game because people weren't sold on Benny Snell. People certainly weren't sold on Jalen Samuels. And, and James Conner had a lot of questions unanswered or left unanswered. And J.K. Dalmans was sitting right there. Hmm. And they went with Chase Claypool, who in turn – did pretty well as a rookie. I mean, he got a lot of yards, got a lot of touchdowns. He definitely made an impact. But would you have rather seen the Steelers just take the running back there? I think so. A lot of people would say yes, and they didn't. They went with the lesser-known wide receiver and a very deep running back class that 
unfortunately for them, they I think they kind of assumed that with that deep running back class, there would be another guy waiting in the third round for them, but there wasn't anyone that good. They had to wait until round six to draft Anthony McFarlane. So I don't know if Najee Harris or if Travis Etienne will be sitting at pick 24. Necessarily, that means that the Steelers will use that pick on one of the two of those guys. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thanks for listening to us here on Steelers Nation Radio. You can also listen to the podcast at Steelers.com. But for Kellen Gursky and Jacob Recht, I am Tom Opferman. We'll catch you next time right here on the Steelers Standard.